Welcome to Edwin Presents. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode of Teacher Talks. Hi everyone, my name is Jody Denny and this is Teacher Talk, where we shine the light on our Edwin teachers. For our new listeners, welcome. For those returning, thanks for coming back and please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. This is going to be a great episode because we have Karen Enns, health and physical education resource teacher from Toronto Catholic District School Board, and my co-host and fellow CST, Kevin Salt, a.k.a. K-Salt in the house. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for being here, guys. <laughs> um, in this episode, we are going to be talking about health and physical education, uh, the importance of making it more inclusive, and what role ed tech can have in phys ed. So let's get to it. Um, recently, Kevin, myself, and our team presented a few live stream lessons showcasing our homey resources um, for close to almost, I think, 2,000 students at Toronto Catholic. Um, those were events that were purely spearheaded and organized by Karen. Uh, so Karen, you clearly have a passion for health and wellness. And I checked out your Twitter, as I do sometimes, I Twitter stock teachers, um, and I read something that I thought was awesome, and I'm just going to share exactly what you wrote. Um, teachers, teachers, it's time to set the record straight. Physical education is not gym class. Physical education is so much more than the space it's taught in. It involves inquiry, differentiation, exploration, inclusion, and helps in building skills to live healthy, active lives. Let's stop calling it gym. And then I sort of said mic drop on that one. Karen, that was awesome. Um, can you talk a bit about this and just kind of elaborate on what you mean by phys ed is not gym class? Yeah, I guess, um, first of all, that was my very first tweet, I believe, by the way. So I started my Twitter account for the school board as a resource teacher specifically to send out that tweet. And what it was is I have been going to different virtual classes and assisting teachers with their programming. And I kept hearing the word gym class. Uh, boys and girls, it's time for gym class. Students, uh, let's get prepared for gym class. I thought, like, that we have to stop this because the gym is gymnasium, so it's the space. And there's sort of this, like, stigma with, gym, you know, gym being dodgeball, gym being uh, sport-based and not exactly what our health and physical education programs are. So I just, I wanted to put it out there and say, let's stop calling it gym. Let's take those down off of our scheduled planners on our, our whiteboards or our chalkboards for our students to see that it's gym time. And let's call it what it is. It's a curriculum like our math, like our English and, um, our social studies and sciences. And I just wanted to make that clear. And part of it, the reasoning also is because I wanted to make sure people understood that our health and physical education teachers are working so hard to make sure that students are getting quality programming, especially during this virtual and remote time, that we, we aren't just doing uh, fitness blasts all the time, that it is about inquiry and exploration. And the kids are making sock balls and we're throwing them and tossing them and rolling them and we're trying different materials. So that was the intent of the tweet, and I guess it got a lot of hits, it got a lot of action, which shows that uh, people in the, the health and phys ed community feel the same way. It's a common thing that people are saying it's enough, let's stop calling it gym, that's what we called it in the 90s, that's the way 
I went through health and physical education was gym class, and we need to change that. That's so true, and I, and I think with, um, with the pandemic and having everybody virtual, that really took away the gym, actual physical gymnasium, right? So it forced teachers, I think, to maybe think outside of that gym box and, and be a little bit creative. Um, Karen, as the health and physical education resource teacher for Toronto Catholic, we would love to know like a little bit about your personal journey. Like, were you always like active and into fitness and sports when you were in school or like as a classroom teacher? Uh, would you like share some of that background story with us? Yeah, it's interesting you ask that because not very many people ask me that question and being in the role that I'm in, I think people just assume that I have a strong background in sports and athletics and I, I don't. Not saying that I wasn't involved and I didn't enjoy it. Um, I'm one of those kids who perhaps wasn't given the opportunity. Um, you know, girls suffer some barriers to access when it comes to sport and physical activity in particular. And I just happened to be one of those girls who was sort of sidelined. And I wanted to participate and I really wanted to play. I love being active. I live an active lifestyle and it was just like innate in me that I always wanted to join and play and be supportive. So I was there, you know, trying out for teams. I ended up doing a lot of individual sports. I did swimming and snowboarding and skiing. Um, and then I ended up on a bunch of recreational teams, uh, like Ultimate Frisbee. That's one of my favorites because it was co-ed. There were no official referees. You know, it's a self-refereed game. And I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. And then just as a teacher, um, when I became a teacher, it was 16 or 17 years ago. We didn't have health and phys ed specialists at the time. So I was teaching my own grade four class and teaching them phys ed as one of the subjects. And then I just really got into it with the kids and discovering what their skills were um, and where their, their needs were. And we were exploring with equipment. And I just found this real relationship building opportunity that we had in phys ed, specifically in the gym, um, together, playing together in the gym for our phys ed periods. And that's, it took off from there. I feel like I had a similar experience to you because I, I remember like being in school and admiring the athletes and admiring like the teens and like the, the sportsmanship and just like being a part of something. And I wanted to be a part of that too, but there wasn't like an encouragement from the teachers to like bring the girls into that. Like there was girls teams, but it wasn't like, you know, really talked about and encouraged. Um, and then when I was in high school, I joined the track team and that was like, that was really big because it finally, I felt like a sense of belonging and, and it was really nice to have like a group of people. And I, I think it also speaks to that, um, you know, like you weren't an athlete and you, you know, you're in this role right now. It kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, phys ed and health and, and wellness, it's not really about like your skill. It's not about like being the best at a sport, but it's really about just the, the lifelong commitment to like an active lifestyle and um, as you said, like bringing um, inclusivity and especially for girls into, into the, um, the discipline. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And, and choice, choice. Like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say like hearing you talk about that, it's like, where were you when I was in health and physical education? Because 
I just like there was nothing that interested me, so I wouldn't participate. And I was that kid who was like out of shape, not interested. It's like, okay, let's do the twelve minute run. I can't really run. I don't like running, so like what I'm just gonna walk it and and check out, right? So it wasn't until I got that choice, unfortunately, later in life, but I'm I'm glad to hear that our students are getting it now. Um, that I found something I enjoyed. And then once you enjoy it, it's not really like a work it is a workout, but it's not like a chore, I find. Like for me, it was boxing and I just, I fell in love with it and it was something I wanted to do every week. Some people it's running and like they love running. Hey, oh, you know, go ahead, go nuts. But whatever it is, just having that choice is so important. Like I wish I had that choice um, when I was in school. So like hearing you talk about that is just amazing. Have, glad to hear it. Yeah, um, and that's like, I'm wondering though, like what are you looking, sorry. Well, I was going to say that's like at the core of the curriculum right now for our health and phys ed curriculum is providing choice. So instead of teaching, uh, we're teaching basketball, you know, and here's how you dribble a basketball and check, check, can you do that? No, it's here's a, a cart of different types of balls and different sizes and, and they might bounce and they might roll and they might be soft. Okay, let's explore and move with the ball of your choice. And it's building those fundamental movement skills because like you're saying, that's what kids need. They don't need to learn how to dribble a basketball per se. They need how to move functionally with a piece of equipment. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. There's more than one way to yeah. develop those skills. Anyway, yeah, that yeah. that is so nice to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was just wondering, though, what are you looking for when you're choosing resources to share with your teachers more specifically? Um, I guess when I look for resources to share, I do look for resources that do highlight this aspect that we're talking about, that it's less uh, sport specific for our curriculum and it's more about teaching fundamental movement skills and transferable skills. So any type of resource that really highlights the different accessibility of an activity and how different students with different backgrounds could see themselves in that activity and perhaps that could be modified for different abilities, different strengths, different needs. Um, and I also like to find resources that highlight a physical component and a cognitive component. Because often when we, and I'm speaking mostly to the phys ed piece here, we often think of phys ed as just physical, but it's not. It's so much more than that. And it's so much more uh, the cognitive component about thinking about strategies or skills or your movement patterns and movement behaviors. And so I love to pull in those pieces and really highlight how a child who might not have the strongest physical uh, capabilities and they might not be, their strength might not be in the physical component, can really excel in the cognitive component so that they are succeeding in the curriculum. Nice. Yeah, I was... I was just going to say, I think that sometimes, um, like we, we always talk about math and how students sometimes have that like self-defeating um, like mentality that oh, I'm just not a math person and they can't do it. But I think that also transcends to health and physical education where there's a lot of students who maybe they're not athletically inclined, maybe they're not that coordinated. And, you know, if we don't give them that choice that you're speaking about and we don't kind of like give them the cognitive component, you know, we're not setting them up for success. But when we bring that into it, and, and it, that's something that wasn't there for sure when I was in school, um, we are giving them the tools that they need to succeed because we're not just saying, you need to be able to shoot this three-point uh, shot. We're saying, like, let's talk about the functionality of the movement and kind of assess their understanding of that, right? 
sports science is a huge thing now, right? Like, I won't mention any athletes, so we don't upset any fans. But there are teams of people um, analyzing data behind. It's not like you said. It's so much more than just hitting a three pointer. There are teams of people yeah. working on data behind all of these performances you're seeing um, on the field, on the court, whatever. So yeah, I think why not highlight that, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so then more specifically, even still, uh, what was it about Edwin that first sparked your interest? And like, what has kept you and your students using it this year? Well, we, first, the first thing that grabbed me about Edwin is that it's probably the only resource um, for health and physical education that's so uh, accessible for students, for educators, and has a wealth of resources. Like when I think of what resources health and phys ed teachers have, we have OFIA, that's our like main go-to, but then we don't really have anything else uh, besides that. So I was really excited when I saw Edwin and saw the lessons on Edwin and uh, that I could share with my team and my educators and the secondary panel and the elementary panel. And that not only, like we're saying, it didn't only highlight the physical component, you have so many cognitive components in your activities, in Edwin's activities, that students can participate in through virtual learning or uh, brick and mortar classrooms. So I found that it had so many entry points for students and educators, and I was really excited about that. I also like how uh, there's opportunities for student self-reflection and I think that's really important, you know, in all curriculums. And we often forget that in health and physical education, that self-reflection and student self-assessment is really important and critical to the process of development and um, next steps for the learner. And Edwin kind of gives lots of opportunities for that and for that feedback between the student and the teacher. Karen, I love that too. And when we did those live streams, um, Kevin was Coach Kevin, and, and he did a, uh, not only did he wear the Edwin, uh, sorry, Kevin, you knew I was going to no. bring it up. You just knew it was coming. I knew it was he coming. Had like an 80s, he had like an 80s, he had like an 80s old school headband, and he uses his cricket, and he had the Edwin logo. It was, it was quite a thing. It was awesome. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put the link to that yeah, if anyone's interested below. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Kevin had a really cool um, lesson where he taught a cardiovascular endurance workout, he talked about like the importance of cardiovascular system on like your everyday life and function. Um, and then he had the students um, use the notes function as an ongoing fitness journal. And I love that because like you said, Karen, it's like their, their time to reflect on the workout. And I think I don't do that very often, but I think it's a great practice because we're not asking them to be the best, but we're just asking them to really take count of how they feel track their progress, take a look at their goals. Um, and I like the idea that, you know, we're, we're encouraging them to kind of reflect in a journal type of um, format. So I thought that was great. All right. So this was just me asking for more of like a cheat code from you. Um, but I'm trying to think of like, how can teachers weave health and physical education concepts into other subjects? And do you have any examples that we could borrow to use in our own classrooms? <laughs> okay. Yes. I love this question and I'm excited about it. And really this year, we were able to showcase how you can take health and physical education and make it interdiscipline because a lot of our virtual school teachers were teaching their own health and physical education. They didn't have a specialized teacher like we do in the brick and mortar schools. 
So there were so many opportunities. I mean, daily physical activity is a prime example of how you can um, inter intertwine different types of curriculum with physical activity. And the numeracy and physical activity piece is is the best one. When I was in, I, I taught in the kindergarten virtual school for about nine weeks, right at the uh, beginning of the pandemic because they were short staffed. So I got surplus, I spent nine weeks te teaching kindergarten virtual, and it gave me a really good glimpse of A, the life of a kindergarten teacher, which if anybody out there is watching who teaches kindergarten, God bless you, thank you, you're amazing. Um, but what I did was <laughs> so many numeracy activities that the kids didn't even notice, but they were being active. So for example, I used the dice all the time. I would roll dice, hold up the dice to the screen. How many numbers do you see everybody? Oh, we see five. Okay, let's do five jumping jacks. Um, subitizing is a concept that they learn oh, in kindergarten. Uh, the, the best for physical activity because you quick hold up a number plate and show them how many dots you see. How many dots do you see? Let's do that number of pogo hops. And then I can quickly look on the screen or look out in the classroom and see who understands that concept. And the children don't even know. They're, they're having fun. They're playing. It doesn't single anybody out because, you know, they're not aware of what, what the learning actually is in that moment. Um, but it's, it's a really great opportunity to tie in the curriculum. One, there's one more that I want to tell you about um, because we had a grade 7 teacher who was using leadership opportunities to highlight physical activity, but he was generating um, lots of cross-curricular activities through media and um, I think he was using it, uh, some of his literacy uh, marks there as well. So he was creating leadership opportunities for the students to create daily physical activities that they would then present in a younger classroom, like a grade one, two, or three. And he was evaluating their um, media skills because they were creating presentations. I love that. That is such a good idea. I mean, anytime we can give students that autonomy and the confidence to go out there and kind of teach something to the other kids, that is an awesome, like empowering experience for them. That's so cool. Um, Karen, don't get nervous, but this is the part of our our uh, podcast where we are going to throw out a few rapid fire questions for you. Now, I know there's a lag, so we're going to try our best here. I'll just pause after each one. Um, but we call this teacher tips and we're going to throw out four questions and give you a chance to answer. So here we go with our teacher tips. What's one piece of advice you have for teachers heading into a new school year? Um, be brave, be bold and be authentic. One thing you love about Edwin? Accessibility. One thing you want to learn more about in life? Mm. Mm. The brain. What is the best thing that happened to you last week? Um, my daughter, she graduated kindergarten. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to your daughter. Nice. Right on. <laughs> Um, now, one piece of feedback that you provided for us, which we really appreciated um, after we did those live stream presentations, was that you really appreciated how diverse the representation is in our resources. So we're specifically talking about our whole me resources. Those are the health and physical education 
collections, we call them, that live in Edwin. And they center around um, nutritional well-being, social emotional well-being, and cardiovascular well-being. And in those resources, we have student-facing videos. And um, this is what Karen was referring to. So Karen, how do you see that kind of culturally relevant and responsive um, content that represents all students benefiting students in, in phys ed and, in, and across all subjects? Yeah, I think culturally responsive um, pedagogy is a really important topic, um, particularly now. And I think it's kind of emerging in terms of health and physical education, um, particularly in the physical education and physical activity sphere of things. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's really important that students are able to see themselves represented in the activities and the choices and that, um, you know, the, the teacher is aware of their students and who they are and they have a good understanding of where their students are at and where they come from. So I think, you know, bringing in, looking at your community is, is critical in determining what programs or what resources you can bring into your school and into your lesson planning so that students feel connected to what you're teaching. You know, not all students are going to have the same sort of physical activity or sport understanding or knowledge, you know, if they're new to Canada and what community they come from. We really need to be aware of that and, and bring in some experiences that represent the community that we are teaching in. Absolutely. And, I, and coming back to your um, other point at the beginning when we were talking about our experiences in school and perhaps as a woman, as a girl, not being encouraged or really like um, invited to participate the same way the boys were. I think also that having, um, you know, girls represented in sport and having um, strong female, uh, you know, athletes and, um, and figures for our students to aspire to or just to be... Um, just as a role model, you know, not even to be an athlete themselves, but just someone to look up to, just showing more examples of that is really um, important. Yeah, definitely. And like the whole body image thing comes to mind as well. Like every body is appreciated and celebrated. Um, and that's really important that we need to have good role modeling when it, it comes to these types of topics. And in our health curriculum, there are a lot of sensitive topics that teachers need to be aware of to build safe and inclusive classrooms and addressing topics such as gender identity, substance use, mental health and well-being. These are all topics that are found in our curriculum. So our educators really need to build that foundation of inclusion and equity. And there's still a lot of work to be done. So maybe this goes back to my, what, what tip would I give teachers for September is, to really self-reflect and, and pause. You can't, you can't change yeah. it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm changing it, I'm changing it. Okay, be bold, be brave, be authentic, and self-reflect, <laughs> self-reflect. <laughs> so that you can find where your biases are, where you may have assumptions, uh, stereotypes that may exist, and let's break down those walls, and let's self-reflect and see where we can change. And it'll benefit our students and it'll benefit us too. No, I, I totally agree. And you have the absolute right to change that answer. Um, but I, I, I think that also our students right now and in this era, just being so exposed um, to so much online and social media, that a lot of those issues do come up. Like, 
you know, they're being met with lots of images that aren't necessarily a true depiction of what body types are or what beauty is. Um, and, you know, for adults and us as well, it's very easy to fall into those stereotypes and start comparing yourself. Um, so I think that being aware that this is what our students are being exposed to, it's important to bring those discussions up in the classroom. I would say they're even seeing unrealistic expectations more than realistic uh, expectations. Yeah. Like it is. We are, they're bombarded. So, yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah, definitely. Also, the, you know, your uh, junk food swap, you know, that's an interesting lesson for students if we're talking about inclusion and talking about different cultural backgrounds and, you know, what, what foods certain families might be eating and what they might um you know, what, what the necessities are and, you know, where do they go to purchase their foods? Like comparing foods in a health lesson and saying this is bad food or this is good food, you know, can, can get complicated. So being culturally aware is really important when you're talking about those topics as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we just have to be aware and cognizant about access too, right? Like I, I, that junk food swaps um, lesson that you're mentioning, I did a virtual classroom visit with an independent school and, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, head into your kitchen and see what healthy foods you have to use. And one of the students said, uh, my mom didn't do any grocery shopping, the fridge is empty. And it was sort of like a chuckle, the whole class laughed because it was, it was sort of funny. But at the same time, it's realistic. We have to really think about what do our students have access to? perhaps their parents aren't buying those fruits and vegetables or the organic items. So we really have to meet them where they're at and have those conversations that make sense to them. Yeah, definitely. So when we look at these lessons, like the the content is just always being aware of your students. Like I said, understand your students, know your students and know where you may need to adapt uh, one of the collections to meet the needs of your students. Definitely. Um, Now, We are going to transition this conversation into something a little more active. Now, full disclosure, Karen just let us know that she threw her back out. I don't know, Karen, what you were doing, maybe some crazy exercise or maybe just lifting up your kid. That could do it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But we believe her. We don't think she's trying to get out of anything right now. Um, But Kevin has an activity plan, so Kevin, I'll let you take that away. All right, let's do this. We're going to spin the spinner of strength over here. So I've just got a bunch of activities put in here, and I'm going to spin it. We'll do three of them. I'll pick three, and uh, we'll do these activities. I just got to say a big shout-out to spinners. I love spinners. My students love spinners (laughs) because the spinner is fair. You know what I mean? Like, if I put their names in here, the spinner's fair. I'm not, I'm not picking on anyone. So here we go. Let's see what we got. All right. So the first one we're going to do is F. So 10 seconds of high knees is going to be our first one. Our second one will be 10 push-ups. Oh, man. <laughs> this, yeah, this is going to be a workout. <laughs> and our last one <clears throat> will be 10 seconds of arm circles. All right, nice way to wrap it up. So uh, let me stop sharing my screen here. And how should we do this, guys? We want to just... Uh... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, Karen, I feel like Karen, you can maybe do the arm circles. Maybe you can do the arm circles. <laughs> yeah, I can do I can do modified. I can push this my camera back. I think we can... I think... I can do that. 
Okay. All right. Cool. All right. You got this. You got this. All right. All right. Um, I'm terrified. You want me to set it? Like, can I keep my headset on? Is this going to work? I have my headset on, and I think I'm still in vision. Now, if anyone's listening in and not watching, well, Kevin will give you the play-by-play of what's going on. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to set a timer here, and I'll just I'll try to keep my headset on. Hopefully, it doesn't go flying off. So here we go. Ten seconds of high knees. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Headsets on. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's 10. That's 10. That's 10. 10 push-ups. You're going to have to take my word for it that we're hitting these on the ground, all right? Here we go. So just hit 10 push-ups. <laughs> 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. All right. <laughs> what do we got? Arm circles. All right. 10 seconds of arm circles. I'll just count us down here. 10, 9, 8, Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Whew. All right. Nice work, guys. <laughs> hey, we did that with headsets on and seated. So shout out to us. <laughs> That's right. That shows how we can modify our activities for different types of learners. This was a good example for our teachers out there. <laughs> Bingo. So is that, Kevin, is, is that Spinner part of the collection now? Uh, yeah, it's in the math tools. So if you just hop into math tools in Edwin, you'll find it right in there. All right, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, you know what happened? Those darn push-ups <laughs> pulled out my wire. <laughs> Got a little too serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I was just thinking, I was just thinking you guys, that was so much fun. And Karen, thanks for sharing your passion and all your nuggets of wisdom around health and wellness and physical education. Um, you have so many great posts and resources that you share on social media. So listeners, I encourage you to check out Karen, uh, at Karen ends one. Is that correct? Karen? Yeah, you got it. Okay, and we'll post that below as well. Um, and give us a follow also on social media at Edwin Classroom. Um, if you would like to join this conversation, we would love to have you and hear your perspective. You can fill out the application below. Yes, I love doing that. And um, we will uh, contact you and love to have you on. This was the Edwin Teacher Talk, and we hope that you feel inspired to integrate ed tech and try new things and ideas in your classroom. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Teacher Talks. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your colleagues. And as always, follow us on social media using at Edwin Classroom.